Welcome to Live Wild with me, Hilary Rose. This is the podcast that encourages you to be yourself, no matter who that may be. And my next guest does just that. In her words, she supports people on their journey of embodying their cosmic blueprint. Doesn't that sound gorgeous? And it is. Merlo Grady is a former jewellery designer turned crystal healing expert, a chart reader in human design, gene keys and astro cartography. Sounds complicated. It is, but Merle's job is to simplify this knowledge into easy everyday wisdom via her one-to-one sessions so that we can understand ourselves and our place in the world that bit better. We chat about her career evolution, motherhood, breakdowns versus breakthroughs, human design, Beyonce, and above all, crystals. I think what's so magical about crystals is they come from the earth. So, you know, they help us to connect with the earth in situations where we're maybe not able to lie down on the floor in a forest. Um, at a very basic level, that's sort of what they their frequency helps us with. But the internal structure of crystals that we can't see is what makes them so magical. So every crystal has what's called a crystalline lattice structure. So if you imagine that the sort of um, molecular arrangement inside your quartz heart that you have there is mm. this this expansive perfect geometry that that's frequency is so stable it cannot be be changed like even with quartz because it's um piezoelectric you can actually squeeze quartz and it will emit an electric charge but even as you squeeze it it's it's you know the perfect geometry within it will will bounce back you know it's never going to be altered it cannot be changed um which is really, really beautiful. So the symmetry and the the, the perfection, uh, they're just the most perfect example, I suppose, of geometry within within nature. Mm. Um, and the reason that they're so useful in technology, like if we were all still carrying massive bricks from the 80s around instead yeah. of our iPhones, is this ability to program them. So there was a, an experiment at Stanford University where they were able to get an hour of video footage of the Mona Lisa um, into... It was a lab-made quartz, but it was a a lab-made crystal, but it was basically one inch by one inch by one inch cube. And you could store an hour's worth of video on that. Wow. Um, And that's just at a very, you know, basic level. Like we don't, we don't fully understand what, what crystals can essentially do. And, you know, Tesla Mm -hmm. believes that they were living forms and there's much more intelligence within them than I think that we've discovered yet. Merle was kind enough to give me my own human design reading and although it may sound a little self-indulgent, me being the guinea pig helped explain how it all works. For more information about Merle and her work, visit MerleOGrady.com or visit her Insta at MerleOGradyDesign. This is an epic two-hour chat and we could have talked for days. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Without further ado, here's the show. So it is my greatest pleasure today to welcome Merle O'Grady to the Live Wild podcast. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's so good to Uh, to talk to you. It's great. I'm so excited for this conversation. And um, I wanted to tell you that I actually have been a fan of yours for quite some time because a friend of mine sent me um, from your shop a little box of crystals. And I love crystals. I always have. Crystals and rocks have been my thing since I was a kid. Um, but I, I really don't have a, an awful lot of knowledge about them. I just like them. I like the pretty things. Um, so I f- got, you know, got the box of crystals 
found your name on it, found you online. And I was like, oh, my God, your work is so interesting. I loved it. And then at the time as well, this was back in 2020, you were running mystery crystal circles and it was all kind of intuition based. It was gorgeous. It was such a lovely offering. And I joined them twice and it was just at a time as well, which was quite restrictive, I suppose, in 2020. And it was this I was always grateful that you held this lovely space for people to just chill out you know, and express themselves and explore something different. And, and so since then, and I've bought jewelry from you as well, since then, I've just been a mega fan of yours. I really, really am. (laughs) (laughs) And and those circles were so good for me as well, I have to say, you know, because it was such a restrictive time because we weren't getting to gather and um, I wasn't really sure how the online space would work, but it's become a kind of evolution that we are now able to, to have that sense of community, not in a physical space anymore. Um, So it was as good, it was nourishing for me as it was for everyone who came. Um, It really, really was. Good. Let's backtrack for a little bit and talk about your your own personal evolution coming from a designer and then into jewellery and then leaning into crystals like it's such a it's I find it so fascinating. Oh, thank you. Um, it has been <laughs> a, a kind of long road, but there's been threads of the same, um, you know, same magic, I suppose, weaving through it along the way. I um, So I studied in Limerick, I did fashion design, then I moved to London for what was supposed to be a few weeks internship, and I ended up staying for a decade. So wow. I, I didn't go back to my final year of fashion, um, you know, kind of women's wear. Uh, so then I just was an intern and I was working as a seamstress um, and it was really fun time because there were, you know, where I was working everybody else was creative and this was sort of their side you know their side um, everyone had a side hustle basically <laughs> um, so there were loads of St Martin students there and although we were you know we were working doing something repetitive and, and working as seamstresses the kind of electricity and the sort of creative spark was always there um, and, and that, I think, really opened me up to sort of the possibilities of, of, yeah, a lot more creativity than I probably had before. So I really do, you know, have to give a lot of credit to those first few years in London, particularly to really, um, yeah, just open me up to these, these ideas and the openness and, um, yeah, just all this possibility, a kind of electricity I suppose is the best way I can kind of kind of put it um so I stayed there for 10 years and I specialized then in accessory design so I went to Cordwainers which was kind of more famous for shoes it's sort of where Jimmy Choo went um and then I had a stall in Spitalfields Market because all I've never wanted to work for anybody else and I sort of got you know quite far along when I graduated with being a designer for, for other brands and at the final the final hurdle I would just be like no no I can't do it or some other opportunity would come up that would kind of expand my own business a little bit more mm-hmm. or would kind of go hey 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 this is coming you know put your faith in this entrepreneurship journey rather than working for someone else so I'm a bit stubborn like that I'll do whatever I have to and I did you know to be able to work for myself um you know I worked as a a stylist assistant and teacher and whatever I had to do you know I used to do hen parties with jewelry making which was hilarious because (laughs) you would have these drunk um you know (laughs) the champagne everywhere and they'd be wielding pliers and sniffing wire but it was so much you know it was really good fun as well but it was was brilliant you know from like summer jobs teaching art to kids and then I was like this is full circle (laughs) 
same <laughs> tactics they're employing. Yeah, because <laughs> they're behaving like children. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And for this time, there's no sharp objects. And yeah. um, but it was so much fun. And, you know, again, there's just, there was so much, so much possibility there. So it was a really good place to be. Um, and then when I had my soul in Spitalfields, I lived next to this architectural salvage yard in East London. And I found this literal bucket of um 18th century chandelier crystals and I was like oh my gosh what is this and it was from some beautiful ballroom and it was it was just gorgeous so I just started making pieces with whatever kind of jewelry skills I had which I just figured out for myself and I've been making jewelry since I was very little like I still have my old FIMO first earring I ever made and stuff here um but I yeah I I just added it to my stall in Spitalfields which was selling bags I was designing handbags um and then the jewelry just started kind of taking off um so I kind of then moved into using raw crystals like I do now, um, but mixed with perspex and more industrial materials. So I always liked this mishmash of different things coming together. And now I know my human design, my kitchen's environment like you, which means that I kind of have to alchemize things. I have to put things together. I have to, I have to create something new from what exists already has to be mashed up has to be changed into something new Mm. so then from then I I got a few stockists around East London I had a beautiful stockist in Dublin which is where Beyonce bought some of my first pieces I mean wow (laughs) that must have blown your mind to know that Beyonce bought your pieces came into the shop and actually like came out with a bag full of your stuff yeah it was amazing it was really amazing um and that was that was like, you know, how, how did this happen? You know? yeah. um, and so from there, I showed at London Fashion Week um, and then I got picked to go to Paris Fashion Week that same year. So it was all just a sort of whirlwind mm. of um, madness, really. And, and all the time, I suppose, I was just sort of doing what was kind of flowing through me. I can't, there's no way that I can sort of explain why things happened how they did. They mm. just they just did. I just felt this kind of real need to express myself in a particular way. I think with all creatives, it just sort of it's a flow and um you don't really know what's happening when it's happening. And you put it out there and you hope that it's received well. And you know, thankfully it it was. And um yeah, it was sort of a whirlwind of um celebrities wearing my stuff and magazines and crazy. What age were you what age were you when this was happening? So I was trying to get back. So the first time I showed at Fashion Week uh, was September 2009. So 25, 26, I think. Wow. That yeah, that's so young, really. No, 25. You yeah. 20, <laughs> no, no, I know. 83. I'm to, <laughs> tw- yeah, I'd say 26. 26. Yeah. Yeah. But it, wow. was, it was pretty crazy. So, you know, um, yeah, the, the peaks and troughs at Mm. that age were quite sort of extreme absolutely Um, because I was trying to fit in with a a sort of an industry as one single 26 year old in her flat making all this stuff and trying to sell you know I did a little concession and there was a concession in Selfridges you know all these big shops that I you know um, and I was trying to export to Asia and I was trying to you know oh my god my my heart (laughs) is racing thinking of the workloads that you have to that you you took on it's incredible and I I suppose having that kind of success so early on and feeling and I think as well we live in a society where you were just driven to you know produce success more 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 and it's a very 
I think masculine orientated um, way of living. Whereas, you know, now for me, I've had to tap into a more feminine, receptive way of living. And um, but it was forced upon me. And I imagine it, it was the same for you in that, like, I suffered mega burnt. So it was imposed upon me, like, no, you can't continue living and go, go, go the way you did. Yeah, and yeah. I think you probably had something similar. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. The when you're in it, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, you think it's the only way it's yeah. and you think it's what you have to do mm-hmm. and I think I think looking back that was the trap that I was in and I would just work such insane hours and I was physically ill mm-hmm. and I was not sleeping and I was doing everything myself and it doesn't help that I've got this like perfectionist tendency so that anytime I outsource anything it wasn't quite right mm-hmm. um but yeah it's what it's, you, you and especially I suppose with the seasons you know when I was showing at sort of the fashion seasons it, it felt like this hamster wheel and I'd be in yeah. massive debt from creating the last collection. I'd be paying for exhibition space. Then you'd be getting your orders and your wholesale orders in, but they wouldn't pay you for another six months or whatever. So, so you're in this awful wow. cycle of financial stuff as well yeah. as extreme fatigue. And also when you're trying to do, um, you know, creative work, trying to do creative work when you're burned yeah. out and you're exhausted it's it, the, the spark and the magic can disappear really really quickly 100 percent, 100 percent. it's trying to claw back that sense of self again and you know what 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 got me started in this what actually inspires me that isn't mm-hmm. thinking about the money side of it or thinking about what's going to work with particular shoots next year or whatever you, mm. when you strip all that back that's when you have that sort of pure creativity and when all those conditions come in you lose your spark you you also lose I think it dulls your sort of creative abilities to some degree because you've become sort of part of a, a machine rather than yes. magical <laughs> you know flow essentially flow state yeah I feel the same because I felt like I really had to I always like bring it back to the bare bones and my my thing that I always say but I don't always live by it and I try to live by it is keep it simple keep it simple keep it simple keep it simple and like you said it, that's where the spark is then you know like I mean I'll go through phases of like dumping everything in the house you know like just get rid of it all and start <laughs> again because it just feels like that I it's necessary to do that to get clear out the clutter in not only my physical space, but also in my mental space, in my emotional body and the whole lot, I need to clear out everything so that I have that spark of creativity again and not, you know, constantly worrying like 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 you were juggling all these different balls and letting people down. And then, you know, you're a mom and I'm a mom as well. So it's like that has to be a priority, but then your own personal health has to be a priority. There is so much going on all at the once. And I always feel like we kind of have been sold a pop a little bit in the sense that as women of this generation, we were told, you you know, you can have it all. You just got to bust your balls to do it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Bust your proverbial balls. But it's like, it's a, for me, I've come to, the, to thinking that it's a toxic mindset, that it's really, really, really toxic, that there are phases of your life that you can have different things. And yes, you can attempt to have it all or you can juggle a lot. God bless anybody who can, in fact, do it all. Please write a book and tell us how it's done. <laughs> but other than that, I really think it's toxic for women to actually be growing in that society and 
you just see an awful lot of women getting physically ill far more than they had done in previous generations mentally unstable mentally unwell i mean it's just you know it's like we you have to take the pressure off a bit guys you know and just go okay we can have all those things but we don't have to have them all together all at once yeah 100 percent. and it's yeah like you said with souls the pop i love that um, <laughs> but it is it's it's sort of like this the sort of it's almost kind of the american dream and then you realize oh god the american dream is actually working myself into the ground barely scraping by because i'm, I'm you know it doesn't exist it essentially doesn't exist and this perfection that we're always striving for doesn't mm. exist and especially as women because we have these I suppose, different roles, you know, within us, especially if you're becoming um, a parent, you know, mm-hmm. the, the role of mothers, as, as great as, as amazing as fathers are, you know, compared absolutely. to the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hands up, they are. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's still this nurturing um, pull that comes with, with, with being a mother and the guilt and, and the societal, um, you know, the societal reward for a dad who's like actually taking his kid to the playground is like, oh my gosh, let's, let's like have a party. He needs, he needs his own parade. And you're just like, look, look at her. She's wrecked. She's actually wearing her slippers to the park. She hasn't slept in days. That's baby sick on her shoulder. You know, yeah. give her the, give her the award. I, I, the emotional I over, load as well. It is. And it's funny that you said that because I overheard someone a man saying that he was babysitting and I was like it's not babysitting if it's your own children that's no. just being a parent yeah. babysitting is if you take your nieces or nephews or a neighbor or you're babysitting for money like yeah not babysitting <laughs> if it's your own kids okay <laughs> yeah. no it's not it's not a thing it's not a thing no. <laughs> so yeah it's really hard to to I think live up to um, these sort of societal standards of what it means to be a successful woman and I'm doing mm. air quotes um, because it we're not being rewarded for being mothers that sort of that 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 yes. um, societal um, I suppose adm- admiration of mothering as a role has has pretty much disappeared mm. um, so we're coming with this pressure to be something other than that. So if, if anyone does take sort of time off to, to want to care for their children or to see this as a, a sort of a central focus of their life for a particular time, mm. you can feel awful because society is saying, but what are you achieving? What, yes. are, what are you creating? What are you, you making? You dropped out of yeah. a potentially very healthy career to raise your kids. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did because it was necessary and because they come first and, you yeah. know, um, but you're right. It's like a judgment almost, you know. Oh yeah. well. Oh well. Yeah. She fell off. She fell off, and she went. I know. Oh god. She could have done so much. So much. Um, <laughs> and that's definitely something I've like been through with the sort of um, yeah, like self-flagellation. Like yeah, why aren't you? Same. Why aren't you being a mother and doing all this stuff? And look, social media hasn't helped that at mm. all because you mm. can see all these people. <laughs> that don't have massive bags under their eyes going on about their lives and you're just like how how are you doing that I don't understand so that can make you feel even worse about you know not living yeah. up to these external um markers of what success is but actually yeah. you know the whole journey and I think you have to go through that breaking point um to get back to the point where you decide what success is for yourself because that's mm-hmm. all that matters um but it's a very difficult Thing to do in the times that we live in it's not it's not easy because Absolutely. there's so much external 
projection and and you know there's, there's so much stimulation that's te- that's telling us otherwise that's telling Absolutely. us oh, you're not you're not doing good enough you're not doing good enough because you got through the day and your kid is happy and you know no no one comes in and gives you sort of um I guess not approval but you know even yeah like kudos yeah, kudos like, like yeah. any other job someone would say hey great job and you're like yeah. no one does that <laughs> yeah no yeah. one says well done for getting through the day for managing to get out to get a pint of milk for doing whatever you yeah. know there's none of that it's just yeah. it's completely lacking um so I think that makes it even more like you were saying that masculine energy like having to lean into that masculine performative energy to feel like we're being successful and it's toxic it is absolutely toxic because because we're running our our physical and mental well-being into the dirt um, yeah. by trying to compete I liked that you, you talked about uh, you know you you're almost forced to what way did you put it it's almost it's almost a forced breakdown and I always felt that as well like a forced breakdown you can see it as a breakdown but I see it as a breakthrough essentially um, and I always I love this this um, like a like there's no better there's no better foundation to start from than the hardcore place of rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> you know, like if you are at that hardcore rock bottom, you're like, well, this is great because the only way is up from here, you know. And and it might feel like, oh God, I'm not grateful for all that I've had or grateful for all the opportunities of the people in my life. It's not that. And for me, from a personal note, I was super grateful for everything. And actually, it was gratitude that really kind of helped me build from that point. But yeah, it's and I it's nice now because I feel like I can build build what I want now from the rather than what was kind of projected onto me the whole way through through nobody's own fault, by the way. And again, hands up, I take responsibility for it all. But now it's at a place of like, okay, I'm calling the shots now. This is my house. I've built it on my hardcore rock bottom. Thank you very much. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. And, you know, that's so much about what's kind of happening energetically at the moment is we're we're, we're realizing, oh, there's dry rot in the walls of all these systems that we've bought into and, and we need to actually burn it to the ground and and build something brand new again um, absolutely but yeah the, the rock bottom is is the place from which you know the only way is up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I think with hindsight you can always and I'm sure you can as well when you look back at those moments of absolute rock bottom where you think that this is the end you know and I've and I've been there where, where you know living in the now is so horrendously painful you know that that, yeah. that you don't see you don't see a way out. You don't see how how you can even get that first little brick on the ground. It just feels mm-hmm. feels so hard. But like you said, from there, any little thing that you can do is entirely your own, and it's entirely mm-hmm. being constructed from your you know your heart and your grit and and something much deeper inside of you mm-hmm. than any shoddy you know partition wall that society gave you. It's all rubbish. You know you're yeah. building you're building it with wallpaper on yeah. it. <laughs> it's you're building it you're building something sustainable you know once you've hit that point of rock bottom and that you 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 know you decide you just have to decide to build to build something that's that's entirely yours um and what's lovely as well if you think of rock bottom there's more than likely crystals in that hard oh yeah (laughs) that's a really good place to start Um, and yeah like rock bottom you're absolutely right you know we're we're always being you know as far as we humans can get you know we're being held and supported by the earth you know when all else fails just lie down kind of lie down 
because if you know you know upright life is is feeling too much the the power of getting down and or you know, lying on the grass or lying in a oh. forest i mean it's just magical um so it yeah is. you're always being held you know your your foundation is there you know you've got you've got mama earth to look after you and yeah. um, even when you're at that kind of lowest low she's the great mother she's always there always waiting for us no matter what we do no matter what we take you know sometimes she put manners on us but you know <laughs> she's always there waiting for us it's amazing um looking back now again at so I mean, we talked about kind of the early success that you had and maybe your picture of success back then. What's your picture of success now? It's very different. Um, it's kind of well-being, you know, mm. what what do I need to be well? Um, awesome. And it's sort of flow. And like you said, that much more feminine energy. And it's, you know, a lot of the, you know, you need a bit of masculine energy if you're if you're running your own business. Yes. I have, you know, three um, sun moon mercury aries like like i like i have a lot of fire in my chart i like action i like doing things um but i've seen the i guess the negative side of that and i've seen what going too far into that realm can do to your body and your mind um so success now is much more trusting so i never trusted before um, mm-hmm. I always assumed that my output was the only thing that could sort of attract success. And you look that that worked. But um, but where I am now is much more kind of um, connecting to something greater um, and connecting to that sense of surrender and trust in mm. a lot of ways. And look, all my my studies in astrology and human design and things have, have sort of those modalities have really helped me to see that. Mm. Um in in yeah that, that that what we've been sold as the only version of success is nonsense and we can create yeah. our own version and it's yeah. really important to create our own version because if we don't create our own version and this is sort of the intentionality that really has supported me um with working with crystals and then just trying to bring intentionality to as many aspects of my life as I can mm. is that if you don't decide what your version of success is the world's going to tell you you're not yes. going to be magically you know gifted you know exactly what you want if you don't actually think about what it is that you want and what you value like we don't decide what our values are um we're, we're our values are sort of inherited uh, rather absolutely than creating them yeah 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 i mean generationally but also societally you know it's it's like it, it all depends kind of what you're born into i guess is kind of you know and that's where i talk about when you get to rock bottom all of that falls away that's it did for me anyway and i grew up in a very safe secure beautiful family but everything that i knew when i had this kind of like rock bottom which resulted in a spiritual awakening just everything fell away that i thought that i knew was not it was like i didn't know up from down and then i was able to reprogram my version of my own life and what I wanted and like you say my consideration for what I felt was success in that moment and mine is so similar to yours now I feel like wellness is the best thing that I can give myself because it vibrates out of me and then what I need comes back to me it's really simple (laughs) like you know I mean it sounds complex maybe but it's it's actually just really really simple in that manner and I, I find that when I've become I always strive to stay in alignment with, I suppose, my truth, my inner truth. And if I can stay in alignment with that, everything runs smoothly. But if I find myself getting anxious or 
worried or fearful or losing sleep or tired or burnt out or any of those things, I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm, these are signals to me. These are little alarm bells for me to stop, reassess and come back and go, okay, why, what's causing this? You know, it's a real, it's a real dive into the finer things in life. And it all then comes back to wellness. Oh, what did I, what, why, why am I feeling unwell? Okay. Well, I didn't eat very well today. All right. That's part of it. What else? I didn't do my breath work today. Okay. I do need to have a little bit of that. You know what I mean? It really comes into the fine tuning of taking care of myself so that I can just emanate it out of me. And then it comes back tenfold. It's really gorgeous when it happens. And again, it's a trusting and the surrendering that it does and can and will happen, you know? Absolutely. And and I think the awareness of those finer details of your life is so magical because, yeah. because you, you're not just, again, plowing through like probably both of us have done at one point, which is where you just abandon the self mm. to keep up with others or you abandon yourself to appear to be doing a certain thing because that's the most important sort of um you know you can feel that sort of pressure the external pressure of how how you appear to be do I appear successful enough am I doing a good enough job do people think I'm a good whatever you know all of that can really you can abandon yourself when you focus too much on that external stuff and when you come back to yourself you notice like you said why do I feel off you don't you don't go oh I just feel rubbish I'm going to stick a band-aid over it mm-hmm. I'm going to continue on exactly how, as I have been you kind of go no let's regroup let's reassess let's see what might have triggered this and um, you become kind of an investigator into your own life and into your own energy and everything and it's fascinating like once you once you once you bring that energy back that you've been just giving away to yeah. everything else and um, you know you're you're fascinating you are fascinating you know <laughs> and, and everything you go through in your day and how that affects your energy how that affects your mind how that affects your, your physical health it's just mm. yeah and I mean you can go down which I, I have a lot rabbit hole after rabbit hole oh after same rabbit hole. <laughs> but ultimately I think when you when you've had that sort of rock bottom and then you move you move upwards and you're building your own house you're like yeah I'm going to research that building material I'm going to research that but ultimately it comes down to that internal truth like you said that that's your that's your compass that's that's what what everything moves from um and yeah working on your your, like you said your your energetics as as a being and then you can see how that then affects your external world is is magic and it's what what I find really interesting lately is that when you have an awareness of how you you work in the world energetically and how the world works when the when your consciousness becomes expanded in that manner it's like you see it instantly then whereas before I I didn't have an awareness of it so I wouldn't have noticed so I really have to watch my energy in the sense that if it gets wild or gets out of control or if there's anger creeping in pardon me, it becomes reflected in my environment very quickly, almost instantly. I call it instant karma. So I have to be really, <laughs> I have to be really mindful of my instant karma. Um, whereas before I wouldn't have noticed that, you know, and I, I, I love that. I love that because it kind of keeps you on your on your toes. Like, OK, now I'm, I've got this awareness that there's anger creeping in or anxiety or resentment or any of those negative things. I'm like, no, I'm going to consciously switch it back now going to yeah. switch it back and that's at yeah. work it's it's like it's that's a lot of work. work and it's <laughs> not like oh we'll just we'll just pretend to be happy or I'll just do like I mean I mean an absolute rage and I'm just going to take it some time out to do like 10 gratitudes that could be very difficult to do and, yeah. and and really we you know again 
that there's sort of, I suppose, the, the side of the spiritual community that's just like, don't feel the rage, don't feel the anger. I'm like, no, you have to get it out of your body. You have to feel it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's something moving through you. You have to experience it. You have to let it go. And, if, and you know, that's another sort of band-aid effect that we're just treating the, the yeah. you know, the symptoms and not the root cause of that by just saying, oh no, I'm doing something wrong. And I, I must be grateful in this moment that I'm actually yeah. processing a lot of grief or rage or anger or these big 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 emotions um whereas it's much better to scream <laughs> i agree i i and i t i love the point that you make about you know there's a lot of people in the spiritual community that just want to live in the light and that's wonderful and i get that but you like the light and the dark are part of us all it's like the male the female the sun the moon the you know day night there's polarity within us all yeah. and duality so i feel like i had to make friends with the dark yeah. You know, and be able to walk through it and and not be able to see in it and be happy enough to sit in it and go, OK, what is this? Let's have a look at this and let's explore it. Yeah. Because 100%. by doing that, you invite back in the light. But if you ignore the dark the entire time, it's never going to go away. No. You know, no, it's, it's always lurking. It's always yeah. locked basement. You know, it's the horror movie locked basement. Yeah. Rather than just going down there and switch the light on. Then you go, oh, God, this is an absolute mess down here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let me just tidy it up. Yeah. Oh, this is going to take a while, you yeah. know. But at the end of it, <laughs> you'll realize what was actually down there. Maybe you'll find some some long lost parts of yourself, you know. And, and yes. um, yeah, that it, I think sort of and you know shadow work is kind of a big a big uh, sort of word I suppose that you can use but it doesn't have to be as scary sounding as that yes I think it's really more about um again that sort of investigative energy like try mm. you know look at it as an investigation look at it as something to discover it's a journey of discovery mm. um so just as much as you can have a journey of discovery into what you're beautiful innate gifts are that you can also look at the sort of shadow or the like you said the darkness that that mm. can be with it that is within every human being um and by giving that some kind of loving acceptance and just attention mm. how how transformative that can be um Absolutely. and and instead of feeling shame around it or hiding it that you just I mean it's a slow slow process and it it's probably a lifetime process but once you start to to try and, and give that kind of loving awareness to parts of yourself that you've completely shut away yeah. um that you're just coming back into a little bit more completeness and it's you know I think any spiritual journey is not instantaneous and we live in a culture that is instantaneous it's instant mm -hmm. gratification and if you um are getting frustrated at the lack of progress you know you just need to sort of take it back to yourself and go this is this is unraveling um mm. an entire lifetime of conditioning from your family from society and again it's it's not um judgment against them it's it's mm -hmm. you know you, you can still always maintain self-responsibility within those journeys but it's a long long process and it's yeah. little bits at a time rather than this big get it all done now and then I'm going to be enlightened and I'm going to be yeah. healed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I had the, the journey. I was like, oh, enlightenment is my goal. And I was like, oh, how naive to even think that, you know? I mean, hopefully maybe someday, I don't know. But an expanded awareness is like, is I'm like, I'm good with that. Let's go yeah. with that and work from that point. Absolutely. Um, let's get into some of your crystal work because you see coming from the jewelry and then you started to lean really heavily into crystals and they opened up a whole new world for you, which I'm fascinated by. Let's talk yeah, about that. Well, they were they were such sort of um, 
I, I just call them my helpers, you know, during a time that I had. So basically I've been, you know, I've been working with gemstones all along. I've been working with crystals, but I used to use them in their raw form in my jewelry as much as possible. And um, so I would use like raw pyrite cubes and um, like my biggest ever wholesale order was using pyrite uh, natural cubes. And I was, I didn't have any awareness at the time. And then of course, once I began training and learning um, in crystal therapy I was like oh my god of course it was it's pyrite it's such an abundance crystal and it's like duh. Beautiful. <laughs> um, but I just I, I look I always same as yourself loved crystals as a kid um, and really the the beauty of them was always like it's just the actual magic of how they were formed and, and how beautiful they were were was on every mood board every sketchbook I ever had uh, I was just really really fascinated with them like um I used to joke that Superman's cave was like my dream house. <laughs> just massive quartz points everywhere. Um, oh, I love it. So look, I've been really like, an admirer of them as these magical things from nature for all my life and fossils and everything. Um, so before I had Vega, my daughter, I was sort of in that void before you give birth and you're like yeah. what is actually happening yeah. what is you know understanding yeah. that this is this precipice that you're on and that you're moving into something very different but you've no idea what the experience is going to be like from from that moment onwards mm-hmm. um so I I sort of researched particular stones to use in what I called a labor bracelet um to support me and just in the run-up to to having her just to feel like I had some kind of good energy around me. Um, and that was my first foray into this. That was seven, seven and a half years ago. Um, wow. And now that I have much more awareness and much more of a personal relationship with crystals, like I wouldn't have put half the things I put on with that. <laughs> like, why did I do that? Um, do you still have it? I do. Yeah, oh, I do. Cute. I found it the other day. So I have that and I have my first ever earring I ever made I um, in my little studio room. So uh, that they... Things went really wrong when I was having Vega um, afterwards. And I had packed loads of crystals in my hospital bag as well because I had them because, I, you know, I, I loved them and they were around the place. Um, and when I was in hospital afterwards, I just put them up on my little, the end of my bed and um, had my bracelet on. And I just felt like, okay, everything has gone completely the opposite way of what I could have imagined this experience going. But... I'm, I'm bringing this intentionality to it and I have these little helpers in my hospital room and I have I have this I've considered this and I've, I've I feel like I have some energetic help that I have intentionally placed in the situation that I don't want to be in mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so it was really really just felt really supportive um and then obviously I had a newborn and Vega yeah. bless her I adore her but she never ever napped oh. um so she she napped once in her cot for 20 minutes in her entire life. <laughs> so she would sleep on me. So I breastfed oh her till she was nearly like three because like she's so like again, she has tons of fire in her brain. I'm like, of course, awesome. she has a grand fire trine, which is like super, super fire. Um, so she was super stubborn and uh, you know, just very vocal about what she wanted, which I really admire in awesome. her now yeah. as the little seven-year-old. But as a baby, when you've got not got words and you're trying to understand what's happening it was madness it's a lot of crying I get a so sense. much crying a of, yeah. so much crying I was just this, the girl walking around Herbert Park kind of you know 
constantly trying to get this child to sleep <laughs> like, oh man I feel your pain yeah. um, so look I was an absolute mess really when after I had her and and I really didn't seek any help for postnatal depression until I was she was one wow um, and I you're, you're reached... kind of on you're on this kind of sorry to interrupt but you're kind of on yeah. when I find it at that time it's like the treadmill you just can't get off it you're just balancing everything at that time it's so intense you know it's so, so intense, intense. Mm. so intense and then of course like we were saying, the external side of, of, oh, why aren't you sleep training or why aren't you yeah. doing all this? And you're just like, oh, that just goes against my entire being. But, uh, you know, and, and, and the, the external battle with my instinctual nature, I think that really began then. Mm. And I began, to, I didn't see it, but I felt the pressure of like, no, my instinct is saying this and society is telling me to do this. Um, yeah. So I basically did attachment parenting and I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to wear her all the time it was just but, but like she like became even, your accessory she became my accessory <laughs> um but like she's she's I adore her and I see her much more independent it's like oh god you know it's just a phase but when you're in it you don't know it's a phase so yeah. at around when she was about a year old I was kind of reaching breaking point where I was not I was waking up in the morning and I was um I would the first thought when I opened my eyes it was like you know I was I'm still alive you know crap (laughs) you know like it was just this it was just this like wanting this escape because I I just I hated what my life had become so much Mm -hmm. which again you know when you're you've got this beautiful new child and I was lucky enough that we didn't well we didn't get childcare, but I was able to take a break and mind her myself and you feel like oh god these are all the things and I should be feeling this when actually I felt just awful but but I just wanted someone else to see what a sort of shell of my former self I had become Mm. um and I was just waiting for someone tell me because I'm never going to go and sort this out myself (laughs) so someone someone see the difference someone who knew me before I see it and eventually my husband was like this is I had one night where it just it it went really really downhill and he was Mm. like we have to we have you have to see somebody yeah yeah Yeah. so I did I saw I saw someone for a few months and at the end of it she kind of was like you know just it's about viewing your life in a much more holistic way and 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 seeing what kind of nourishment you need and and um I really struggled then with sort of creativity because that was my outlet so I'd never experienced depression before because Mm. I'd always had creativity you know, and I really, I, I, you know, if I hadn't had my outlet where I could go draw for five hours in my room or, you know, mm. whatever, something, something expressive to have that taken away from me, it just destroyed me completely. Yeah. So, so I had a little bit of a, you know, babysitters come and because she wouldn't be minded by anybody, I, what I had to do is I'd face her outwards in the buggy. Oh, and I would and I would do a handover with like a beautiful UCD student who would <laughs> come over and I do a handover basically with Vega facing outwards so that she wouldn't notice that someone else was pushing her around then I'd race home and then of course like I was saying before the, the pressure of creativity if you have any kind of external pressure yeah no it doesn't do flow it, it no. does not flow you're like okay I gotta get so then know, I was five home. Chapters <laughs> oh god yeah yeah so then I was like panic panic designing is the only thing I can describe it as when I would come home um 
so really, look, it wasn't until she was sort of two and a half that I uh, really came out of that. You know, she yeah. went to Montessori for a few hours in the morning and um, and I was able to use my hands again because I literally didn't have access to my hands wow. for the entire day. Um, so that was that was sort of when I started to come out of that shell. Um, and that's when I really started getting back into my crystals because I had a moment to myself and I knew that I needed to keep working on my mental health and um, meditating. And I found meditation really difficult because you and I are the same in human design. We have defined heads, which is quite rare, which means that we are constantly getting downloads all the time, all the time. Thank so you I was... for seeing me. I, I feel seen. <laughs> So the only way that a defined head can really meditate is lying down um, because you're not getting this like pouring of information through the crown constantly. Um, mm. And if I'd known that, then I wouldn't have beat myself up so much about not being able to do like cam or headspace or any yeah. of those ads because or not ads, apps that I could, you know, I just couldn't do them. Yeah. So my crystals gave me an anchor. So I still had them around. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I need something to hold on to. So again, that had using my hands. Um, so I would choose a different crystal every day to have that sort of meditation wow. practice with. And that was a kind of game changer. Um, and the more I was able to come to this place of stillness and sort of, yeah, much more receptivity, less of the external noise. Um, each different crystal was sort of, I could feel different, subtle, very subtle energies. I think mm. people think like I'm going to get this, you know, insane experience with a crystal, but it's very subtle energy. Um, and I could, use that intentionality to say okay today I'm feeling a bit whatever I'm going to choose this crystal and then wow. um we had a trip to Los Angeles I don't know how that happened again another thing I don't really know how it came about but that was actually in astrocartography on my sun and mercury mc line um and I just met beautiful people out there just random wow. conversations um and that I think gave me the push to train in crystal therapy properly wow. because I could see how this was a lifestyle that you know my experience I suppose of crystals up until then had been you know um the odd health food shop or you know the rock shop you know that the, yeah and then when I went to Los Angeles and saw how people were using crystals sort of um as lifestyle tools essentially and in a much more deeper way and a much more accepted way like very open yes. about it yes um that was really really special and that sort of set set me on the, the the path of yeah training as soon as pretty much I got back home <laughs> yeah because I feel like in Ireland is I mean you know there's a lot of now there's a lot of alternative therapies and healing modalities emerging very very strongly because there's just such demand for it but it's it's still a very brave step I would feel for you like for you to go into for anybody to go into an alternative a very alternative way of living and a business and again, that comes back to the trust element going, OK, I'm providing something that perhaps hasn't been fully provided in Ireland before, but I'm trusting that people will come to it yeah. and yeah. need it. And there will be an energetic exchange from that, you know. Yeah. And I felt, I suppose, with my design background that I could make it as interesting visually as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I there, there is no boutiques and there's no, um, you know, bad fonts I wanted all my fonts to be nice you know and all that yeah. sort of stuff so to, to, yeah. to be able to to I suppose bring in that design element to an experience that's much deeper than that um it, as sort of a way in um was important to me because it gave me I suppose um it, it also helped me sort of have a 
not admiration, but, you know, acceptance of my path that had been beforehand. So it helped me to sort of transition because, you know, design and aesthetics is so important to me. Um, But I had this calling because these had these beautiful crystal helpers had had such a huge impact on my life. I wanted to share it. You know, I really, really wanted to share it. And I suppose because I'd come from jewelry and I had all this sort of traditional sort of gemstone knowledge to a degree, I never did find jewelry, but I would mm. have had you know, a, a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of most stones. Um, wow. I felt like I had this thread. So I, I and, and I still you know, jewellery is such an important part of, of what I do now. It has a lot more depth to it. And it's, you know, it's, mm. it, it, it's so rewarding. Like I just made a piece for, um, I've done a few brides recently where I, I map out their birth chart and their partner's birth chart. And then we source crystals from locations on the earth that, oh, wow. that match them up. So it's like this sort of, again, the same as that brace that I made as I was moving into a new threshold of my life. It's been beautiful to be able to create that for someone else that this is this energetic talisman that is 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 supporting you as you move into this new phase of your life and you know that that experience of of working with people in that way is just so much more rewarding than any celebrity or any magazine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, or any big big contract because because that that depth of meaning is there and I think that's what my journey has sort of all led me to is is everything can have meaning you know every single thing we can bring intentionality to every part of our life and we can make it difficult or we can make it simple you know and um I know I have a tendency to go down rabbit holes and and be very nerdy (laughs) about (laughs) specifics um but but there's magic in that because there's Mm. that's slipping into that space of co-creation it's not things like you said like instead of a break dancing is a breakthrough instead of things happening to you things happening for you and with hindsight we can all look back like I look back at that time where I didn't want to be you know I'd open my eyes and I'd be disappointed that I was having another day on this incredible planet mm-hmm. um but I needed to get to that point to then evolve into this yes. next space so I don't have any um it's strange because I don't have any shame or pain or anything or residual yeah. in my body around that time um, and yeah. even though at the time I felt that's all I felt you know? yeah of course yeah um, absolutely yeah but when you can look back on those periods in your life with kindness and with um gratitude and I feel for, gratitude for yeah. them yeah and go oh god thank god that happened yeah, because, because now it has be- got yeah, yeah I'd still be on a hamster wheel <laughs> yeah you know it's gotten me to where I am and has served me so well let's dive into the crystals themselves now I'm going to show you a piece um so hey. I I <laughs> I was uh walking on a beach in Kerry and I found this piece and the, the the beach was full of quartz it was the most amazing place and then I found this and it is a enormous chunk of quartz in the shape of like a love heart. God, it's beautiful. It's wow. so cool. I love it. So I wanted to talk about, like more about the kind of, I suppose, the scientific side of crystals, what they can be used for. Um, and uh, like it's it's when you talk about this kind of stuff, it's it, like I tend to, you know, it can go into the realm of mysticism and magic. And I'm good with that as well, because yeah. I'm a firm believer in all of that, like science and mysticism and magic. We're all one at one point, you know, yeah, until absolutely. like it became split. Um, so let's talk about the crystals themselves. Yeah, so they're, they're I think what's so magical about crystals is 
they come from the earth. So, you know, they help us to connect with the earth in situations where we're maybe not able to lie down on the floor in a forest. Um, at a very basic level, that's sort of what they their frequency helps us with. But the internal structure of crystals that we can't see is what makes them so magical. So wow. every crystal has what's called a crystalline lattice structure. So if you imagine that the sort of um, molecular arrangement inside your quartz heart that you have there is mm. this this expansive perfect geometry that that frequency is so stable it cannot be be changed like even with quartz because it's um piezoelectric you can actually squeeze quartz and it will emit an electric charge wow. but even as you squeeze it it's it's you know the perfect geometry within it will will bounce back you know it, it's never going to be altered it cannot be changed um wow. which is really really beautiful so the symmetry and the the, the perfection uh, they're just the most perfect example i suppose of geometry within within nature mm. um, and the reason that they're so useful in technology like if we were all still carrying massive bricks from the 80s around instead yeah. of our iphones is this ability to program them so there was a an experiment in Stanford University where they were able to get an hour of video footage of the Mona Lisa um, into, it was a lab-made quartz, but it was a, a, a lab-made crystal, but it was basically one inch by one inch by one inch cube. And you could store an hour's worth of video on that. Wow. Um, and that's just at a very, you know, basic level. Like we don't, yeah. we don't fully understand what what crystals can essentially do and you know tesla mm -hmm. believes that they were living forms and yeah. there's much more intelligence within them than i think that we've discovered yet but you know we use them in lasers we use them in bones we use them in computers we, they're they're so powerful because of that programmability and particularly clear quartz um mm -hmm. is just so programmable and it has this electrical um effect as well and something that's really cool you can do is if you're in a dark room with with two quartz you can strike them together and they'll light up yeah and sparks and it's it's just you can even do thing. it you can even do it like if you strike them together not in a dark room and then smell them yeah it smells like sulfur they yeah. spark off each other it's yeah. so cool and i think it's really interesting as well that you know you're saying that um crystals are used in all technology which they are but a lot of people don't know that so a lot of people will kind of go Oh, that's a really kind of fluffy mindset to go. Oh, crystals <laughs> are like so powerful. Silicon Valley, silicon, silica. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, literally it's all based on crystals. <laughs> and I feel like as well, I mean, for people who are just, I would call it, well, crystal curious is what we'll call it, um, who are getting into crystals, like where where should they start? And also, like, how would it work from, for them? I feel like crystals, like I have, when I meditate, I, I have a little, um, like, candle in the center and I put a crystal grid out from that. So I set my intention into the crystal grid and I feel like for me but um, you probably have a better way of putting it it's like it amplifies my intention so that's what that's how I use them so I feel like any intention I can put into a crystal or use them it amplifies it into the grid lines of the earth almost because 100%. that's where they where they came from so I don't know yeah. if, I'm, if I'm right in thinking yeah, that, but that's, that's just what I think yeah that's absolutely beautiful and, and um there's been some projects as a beautiful crystal teacher I've worked with and she did a project where she actually placed crystals with intention um all around the world and she created this project oh. where you know, people would set an intention in a particular quartz point um, being a very powerful one for transmitting information, transmitting intentions, particularly, and putting it back in the earth so that we could create this sort of grid 
um, across wow. the planet, which is just the most beautiful project. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the, the programmability, like you said, putting an intention into a crystal is so powerful because of that programmability, because of yes. this perfect geometry within it. Um, because that's what it's used for storing information, storing huge amounts of information and then connecting that with, you know, the energy around us and transmitting it. So what breaks my heart is that lots of people are buying fake crystals at the moment and they don't have that internal geometry. So yes. if you're if you're using opalite or goldstone or, you know, there's quite a few on the market that are just man-made uh, blue obsidians. Yeah. They're just glasses, you know. Um, wow, yeah. So it breaks my heart that someone is sort of putting a lot of energy into something that isn't giving them the best effects, that isn't connecting yeah. them with the earth, that isn't... Um, and, you know, obviously in terms of connecting with a crystal that you, or any object that you've put intention into and if you see it and you, you connect with it and it's almost acting like a physical mantra that yeah. can obviously work with um any of the man-made crystals if that's what you have but uh in terms of feeling the physical effects of this in so what happens is a thing called entrainment so because crystals have this perfect very stable always steady uh, frequency mm. then our human energy system as we've already talked about can be a little bit all over the place we can we can feel very different you know think about what's going on in the human body at all times mm. there's so much healing digesting changing shedding skin you know there's so much happening so when we bring a crystal into our energy field, um, it starts to, to try and mimic the perfection of the stability of the frequency of the crystal. Um, so oh. it starts to it starts to want to copy it um, because this more stable, the more unstable frequency is always this. like, yeah, you got right there. <laughs> I'm going to keep this crystal, this massive quartz crystal close to my heart. So that's wow. why wearing jewellery or my favourite way of using crystals, which is keeping them in my bra, you know, choosing yes. crystals for the day, um, decide which ones, how do I want to feel today? So today I've got like my Mercury line crystals. I've got Crystal Praise from Queensland and I've got Vance and Blue Jane, Jade from kind of San Francisco area, which are my wow. Mercury lines because I was going to be speaking with you. So yeah. you can bring that, um, that frequency into your field all day. And that could be a bracelet or a necklace or a ring or whatever um but choosing them to have as your like secret crystal allies for the day can be really really powerful and um, but, but, but by giving a crystal an intention is is so important um because it, it's yeah it, it's not just like any you know a piece, like let's see the example a piece of glass like opalite um if you give that an intention it's not going to store it and transmit it to the same degree mm. as this perfect you know, geometry, this perfect frequency, um, yes. this programmable, um, beautiful gift from the earth, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a very different experience. And that's why people can feel, and you know, the more attuned you become and the more you work with crystals, you can tell a fake crystal because you can hold it and it's, you're getting nothing or you're getting really bad vibes for us. Basically. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really important and in the same way that crystals are programmable to when you bring a crystal home to go through a ritual of cleansing it in some way. Yes. Um, it's really, really important because whatever journey that that crystal has taken, if you're buying it in a crystal shop, you know, think about how many people have picked that, that up. And mm. it's the sponge. It's this energetic sponge that is picking up everybody's little 
you know, whatever's going stuff. on for their, 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 their stuff. life. Their yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's really important. And if your friends pick up your crystals, just get into the habit of, of, of cleansing them. It's kind of like energetic hygiene for crystals <laughs> because, <laughs> because yeah, it's just, <laughs> they're just going to soak it all up. They're still soak it all up. So cleansing is really important. And, you know, people can get really, have this as a bit of a stumbling block that there's a particular way to do it. Mm. Again, your motto, keep it simple because, I think with, when you're starting working with crystals, it can be very overwhelming. And it was for me. And I think that was the core reason I wanted to share. And in the courses I do and events and things I've done, it's breaking it down so that it's easy and it's fun mm. and it's accessible. And it's not this big, it's not more rules for your life. You don't need more rules yes. for your life. Yeah, you want this to be an intuitive experience. So when you get a crystal home, so, you know, some, some crystals will react really badly in water, like selenite would dissolve anything with ITE in the end, you don't want to put near water. Um, okay. But you can use rice, you can use um, <clears throat> salt. They're a bit wasteful because you need to actually throw the rice away and you need to actually throw the salt away. So my favorite is just um, passing through some sacred smoke that could be sage or palo santo or mugwort, or to be honest, any herbs that you could find around Ireland or wherever you live. Just set them on fire. And I'm just setting them on fire. And, and again, it's that intentionality. It's like I'm setting this on fire for a reason. Yeah, I <laughs> so, love it. I'm going to cleanse it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can use that for your space as well. It's bringing that frequency of intention and also the, the history of the, how those herbs were used throughout cultures and keeping that in mind. Um, and you just have to surround your crystal in the smoke and as you do so just saying the intention i cleanse this crystal of anyone else's energy or anything that doesn't serve my highest good it can be so simple it's just that you know yeah. or you can use selenite which is one of my favorite crystals and you can just yeah. place your crystals on selenite which is another crystal and that will like cleanse them and charge them and they feel really happy and again that's only you need to do that for about half an hour and um, sometimes i charge mine under moonlight as well yes on, under yeah. a full moon i put them all out and i'm like okay yeah. i set the intention that you guys are going to be cleansed of I everything. do that too because I the full moon it. is that time that we release you know it's the time mm. of the month where we want to release anything that's not serving us as we move into the next phase so mm. the full moon is particularly good for cleansing your crystals definitely but okay. because it's Ireland just be aware <laughs> because the rain <laughs> um, I have lost I've lost a beautiful pyrite and matrix the matrix disappeared it just dissolved and um, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> maybe we'll just put them in the windows in the windows the on window the inside great. Yeah. or like you know sort of glass tupperware if you have it or, yeah yeah or those yeah, cake with those cake covers that you can yes, just put yeah, on top put on top it. yeah because it just it was dust by the morning it was so oh heartbreaking but anyway and um, so just to be just to be kind of um, intuitive about it but also there's the practicalities of you don't want to damage your beautiful crystal that you've got yeah, at home um, and in the same vein you know you can put crystals in your water as long as they're tumbled and there's only a few crystals that i would put into water because you can get aluminium or asbestos or all this fun stuff in your drinking wow. water. So quartz family only is probably the best sort of safe. So safe you'd part. put it in a glass of water and drink from it. Yeah. <gasps> oh, so have wow. you ever seen Dr. Emoto's work, the, the hidden yes. messages in water? So yes. when you put crystals into a glass of water and you can leave it for even more impact, you can leave it out in the sunshine. Mm. Um, and there's an amazing woman called Veda Austin that you could look up as well, that she actually puts sunlight through sacred geometry filters <gasps> and then freezes the water to be able to see these incredible patterns within it. So wow. you're, you're essentially 
wanting that entrainment to happen, but with your water. So the, it takes on the frequency of your crystal. Um, so one of my favorite things to use is shungite, uh, because shungite also has all these magical properties for well-being. And there was a Nobel Prize awarded for this the discovery of these C60 fullerenes that are emitted from this crystal. So it's from this, what should be a radioactive lake in Karelia in Russia. Um, but it has this most magical healing water. So it's it's wow. a really fascinating crystal. So I always have shungite in my water. But for any other you know crystals that you can put in water, just making sure they're tumbled, making sure they're smooth, making sure what does tumbled mean? Sorry, I don't know. The tumbled would be like I'm showing this on screen, which isn't very helpful, but it's yeah. smooth. You know the smooth. Oh, okay. Ones. So not raw cost. Yeah. No, not raw. Yeah. Um okay. making sure it's clean, just clean with a little soap and water. So again, sticking with the quartz family um would be ideal because they're really hardy for water. Yeah. Um, but you know, just check online. There's loads of lists of what, what to use. But you know, rose quartz is beautiful, clear quartz with mm. an intention. Just take, I mean, a clear tumbled quartz looks like nothing special. Um, yeah. but if you can bring that intentionality to it and if you you can set an intention and then place that in your water and then place that glass of water out under the moonlight or under the sunlight it's just you know you're actually setting oh, that you know you're yeah, you're, you're, your intention. yeah you are you're ingesting all this gorgeous intention and light codes and everything else i just love yeah. it and it gets amplified i imagine through the crystal absolutely um so going from crystals into um a system called human design let's talk about that this is so fascinating i did look at it myself uh, probably about a year ago somebody had said oh, i think you'd be interested in human design i took a look at it and i thought this is amazing but this is so complex. I can't give it the time that it deserves. So I'm so, so glad that somebody else has done the work for me. Thank it you. It is so complex. Um, yeah, it is really complex. And I, I suppose I view human design a little bit differently than maybe some other people in that I kind of fuse it with crystals. So I'm fusing it with the energy of the earth because this mm. is a cosmic system. I find to be able to actually, you know, it's a system that's all about getting into the wisdom of the body. And we are so much in the mind and our culture today that this is sort of a roadmap for, for coming home to the body, which is, is the part of it that I love so much. Um, but what it is, is it's a relatively, it's a new system, kind of 1987. Um, but what it does is it, it fuses together and synthesizes um, the I Ching, which is an ancient Chinese divination system that's thousands of years old, uh, the Kabbalah tree of life, Western astrology, the chakra system, the kind of Hindu Brahman chakra system, and then Beautiful. quantum physics as well. So again, oh, like wow. I was saying, I'm yeah. kitchens environment. I like mashing all these things together. So a synthesis really appealed to me. Um, and it, there's, there's many, many, um, I suppose, there's been a bit of an explosion in human design and how many people are, are becoming aware of it. And it's absolutely amazing because it mm. is such a powerful tool. I've never worked with a modality that has helped me to kind of love and accept myself more. Wow. It's so powerful because you're almost looking at a, it's kind of an instruction manual that, <laughs> that shows you yeah. all the things you're not, as well as all the things you are. So you wow. can see clearly okay, I have been trying to be this my entire life. I don't have access to it. And then once you realize I don't actually have access to that energy and every time I'm striving for that energy and it's leaving me feel absolutely rubbish, 
Mm. Instead of doing that, you just go, oh my God, but I look around this corner. I have this gift instead. Stop trying to be what you're not. So you have these Beautiful. centers that are open and closed. So it does build on the chakra system, um, but it's about nine centers instead of seven. Okay, interesting. So when Uranus was discovered, and we'll chat about your Uranus oppositions, so this is a, a very <sighs> special planet. So Uranus was discovered back in 1781. And through this, this messaging that the founder of human design experienced, which like I love how human design is used in so many sort of coaching um, modalities that wouldn't be super mystical and they're yeah. like it is the most mystical thing like <laughs> yeah. he had an eight-day mystical experience in a shack in Ibiza you know like, <laughs> come on <laughs> wow I mean um, yeah oh, wow so he's Robert Allen Krakauer, who then was given this name, Ra'u, who by this, this experience, this voice, he wrote for eight days straight. And he had, I don't think, had any knowledge of these ancient systems of Kabbalah, of I Ching, anything. But this entire system was laid out during this experience. That was some night in Ibiza. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he... Um, he is so open about, you know, don't believe me, just experiment for yourself. He's, he's sort of like an anti-guru. Like. He's an anti-guru, yeah. like yeah. an age guruness. Like my whole MO is empowering people to figure stuff out for themselves. You are you your know? own guru. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think our gurus bring so much that genuinely they do. And 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 there's so much guidance and it, and it is wonderful. But it's it, it, I think if you stick with one guru, you're stuck to one system that maybe doesn't always work. And I love the fact that this guy that you're talking about who developed human design says, don't believe me, go figure it out yeah. for yourself. That's my yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. you know, even with this podcast, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to believe anything that we're talking about. It. Go figure it out for yourself. This is just an offering. That's all it is. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Um, and I think he he started by sort of sharing the gifts and, you know, the magic in, in people's charts and no one would listen to him. So then he started <laughs> saying, this is all the shadow and this is all the stuff that you're not. And his his um, his language can be quite triggering for a lot of people. But on my journey, so I started with human design four years ago um, in my own experiments, just trying to, again, like this this long process of deconditioning yeah. and peeling back layers um, and it's what's really actually helped is coming back to his original lectures and his original language because I've been through the you know round the houses with different teachers and different language systems and you know if we are open to the fact that this was a very mystical experience that this voice transcribed a system that was supposed to help us essentially evolve as a species come back home to ourselves um then we have to view those words that are being used in the original language mm. as non non-human you know mm. that this is a transmission and actually you know i really believe words have so much frequency and if we are to engage with the system i think the original wording is actually the frequency of that holds quite a lot of power and mm. um, so again i i sort of the wording when i started to try and discover it myself was so confusing and it still is a little confusing um but but it's been what's naturally unfolded a lot more for me is going mm. back to the original language and you know i've got a I've got the gate of correction and the line it's in it's called terminal disease and you're just like oh great you know <laughs> and that's my earth okay, okay i'm rounding yeah. into terminal disease okay <laughs> you know what do i do with that but actually when you again when you when you stop this trying to have this instantaneous um 
reaction to something that's yeah, going to put judgment. you on this new trajectory yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it, I have the channel of judgment that's what it's part of that's really oh, funny wow, wow, okay. <laughs> um, but once you just just sort of say okay this word is really triggering um you know can I just peel back the layers and see it and really what it's about you know this lying terminal disease is about seeing what's rotten and what needs to be ripped nice. apart and destroyed yeah. and it can't go on and you're not going to patch it up you know you can very clearly see what is very wrong and it needs cut. to be just needs to be cut yeah. and you know I have Pluto in my first house like you do uh, so we're, we're good at that <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> tell me so you have okay so with the details that you I mean this is an offering that you have on your website as well but the details you took for me were my name my date of birth and my birth location and so I'm kind of like what has she seen what? in my chart can well, we go through it yes yeah yeah, yeah so, I'm, so I'm nervous so no 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 it's it, to be honest there's a the beautiful kind of energetic story and particularly because um it's hillary's uranus opposition um a week after we're recording this so this is a huge <laughs> part of, of human design so what i love about the system is that you know um we again with society we're sold that this sort of like uh, we need to have our all our stuff together by the time we're sort of 30 we need to be uh-huh. you know engaged and then like to have kids or whatever you know and then human design goes that's absolute rubbish that's a Saturnian model so we're moved from the Saturnian model of kind of dying around 30 that now we live till we're 84 which is the the, the orbit of Uranus um doing Beautiful. a full return to its original position so we're working with this Uranian system and the Uranian being is nine centers rather than the traditional seven so there's been a split into um slightly more complex nuanced systems in their uh, centers mm-hmm. so what with human design it is so complex because we are so complex. I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, and I, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine that people see type and you might've heard of type that I am. I am a manifester. I'm a projector. I'm a generator. Okay. That, yes. I've yeah. seen those. Yeah. 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 But this is really just describing your aura. And it is really important because it um, helps us see what our strategy uh, is in the world, how we can kind of best navigate the world and also how other people's auras might be affecting us. But I get really uh, annoyed that a system that's so complex is being used to put people into boxes. You know, it's not about being in a box like mm. your birth time. We've got we've got everything detailed and we can see this beautiful, complex picture. So I'm although tied is so important you know think of it as your aura stop thinking not to think of it as the box you've been put in yeah so not to get hung up on just the time I suppose yeah because your your authority is so important as well so you are a projector okay so you're the newest type of of human beings oh Um, my goodness (laughs) so you only started to be projectors only started to be born around the discovery of Uranus in 1781 and so projectors are the guides so projectors are really, really magical. Um, and your aura type is like focused and absorbing. So you see people better than they see themselves. That uh, is your magic gift. Um, and there's sort of the hierarchy that we've been working with in the sort of old system of humanity has had manifestors at the top. So <laughs> two famous manifestors that we have, we have uh, Donald Trump and we have Putin <laughs> at the moment, just for a wow. description, you know, manifestors um, are amazing, but just yeah. to see the the low, maybe lower expression of that, you know, mm. and whatever you may think of those two men, um, mm. we, see, we see a very kind of, um, masculine energy used maybe not in the best way um, absolutely yeah. so what's interesting is that projectors are becoming that top of the hierarchy they're on their journey oh. to become the 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 
the guides that were working, projectors work much more from awareness than from um, power, you know, that it's much more um, guiding, seeing, seeing the magic in people and seeing the steps needed to sort of uh, fulfill the potential of humanity, essentially. Okay. But what's so interesting about human design is that we're all, you know, we're all parts of this puzzle. It doesn't say that we are um, any better or worse than anyone else. Uh-huh. It's that if we embody our fullest expression, if we embody our aura type, if we embody our strategy, which I'll talk about next, that that's how humanity evolves. It's not by doing anything that we're told to do. It's about coming home to this unique expression of this cosmic event that each of us are and to really lean into that that's how the world is going to 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 operate at its fullest potential really and so it goes against anything everything we've been told yes (laughs) yeah yeah because it's and again it's like you know it's a thought process that can be hard to grasp because it doesn't feel tangible you know what I mean but uh, again you were coming back to the trust that you know in, in, in the energetics of it that we have to Absolutely. So then your profile is a 5-1. So a 5-1 is, um, it's the heretic investigator. <laughs> Her- okay, heretic. heretic. <laughs> a heretic investigator. I like it. Okay. So you're the sort of natural teachers of the world and it's sort of the most uh, transpersonal karma. So it's very much to do with the people you're going to meet. And I don't know if you've experienced meeting people in your life as it is now, where you feel a sort of sense of deja vu. Um and that's yep. very much you you've come sort of come back for this lifetime to tie up quite a lot of loose ends and have experiences with people that you may have already known from particular lifetimes previous hundred um, percent yeah yeah but yeah. The, the, the I mean the five one is amazing because the the one line the investigator part of you is building this foundation and I love how much we've talked about this sort of foundation and then building from there because it's wow, exactly yeah. the energy of um, line one which is the investigator so this is something that other people might see in you more than you see within yourself mm-hmm. um, but you're a natural authority um, on what you're sort of passionate about and what you love researching and all those rabbit holes we've gone down yeah so you've got this this beautiful foundation, um, but you might not see yourself as the expert and you might constantly feel like you have to do more, you have to search more, but actually you have so much innate knowledge already within you from your experiences, just naturally. And then the five line is very much sort of a teaching, really amazing energy um, that people can kind of come to you and think you can solve all their problems. This is, oh. the, this is the hard part of the five yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they see you as a savior basically so um and then when when you're sort of with your projector strategy it's about being recognized and invited and waiting for an invitation so waiting for an invitation for the best way for this to work is someone needs to actually recognize all this magic all these gifts all this knowledge that you have um, and then they need to invite you into sharing so when things with the five one go a little bit wonky is when that right is particularly as a projector you know when that invitation isn't there um and you don't you can feel, feel like a command yes but yeah 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 no I get it and I've learned that that it's like you know I can't 
Uh, and it's interesting that you're saying all of this because it totally rings true with me that I can't turn around and say, you need to do this because this is what's going to be good for you. Blah, 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 blah. I just need to back away from that entirely. And I've learned that. I hope and I hope I continue to practice it. Yeah. And I just I'll just sit and if yeah. they need me, they can come to well, me. You're already there on your deconditioning <laughs> journey. This is amazing because <laughs> that's the hardest part. Being being a projector is you can see what's gone wrong. You can see what someone mm can do that would completely change their life and if they don't ask you for it you have to keep it inside and it's yes brutal it's um, frustrating yeah, yeah it's very yeah. very frustrating yeah. so the, the especially the people treatment. closest to especially yes. the people closest to you and it's something that I've learned on this journey which has been an, and this is going to sound I don't know how it's going to sound but I'm going to say it one of the first things that I learned on this journey in the different modalities that I used was that you have to let the people you love most suffer because it's their journey yeah and and as much as it, it's a killer it's a heartbreak you, you can't you can't intervene because it's like it's their journey you it's know journey. just like yeah. my journey was my journey and like you said like I feel like I tried to put myself in a position where I'll always be here for you no matter what you can come to me but it's your journey yeah yeah that's I mean you're that's amazing and and it's so funny because the five the, the her heretic aspect of you is best used for the wider public rather than those close to you those close to you it can go really really wrong really <laughs> it, wrong it has well it has yeah <laughs> um, because people see you as a savior and if you don't solve their problems that they come to you with then then you you know essentially are being stoned in the street because yeah. you're because they saw this sort of they project it's a projection field it's a very strong projection field so people are seeing in you what needs almost healing in themselves so you're wow. you're you're this mirror it's like a karmic mirror the five yes. um, and that you can if you if you enter into uh, you know supporting someone or helping someone when you can feel the energetic exchange is going to be correct or that you can actually when you know you can sort this out you know you can actually help them mm. then it's magic but if you're not entirely sure and someone's demanding this of you it, it can go really really wrong and you can feel <laughs> You can feel like you've let people down when in fact yeah. you haven't. It's just you didn't mm. have the, the energetic match was wrong mm. and you're not Jesus, you know, which people can <laughs> um, So the founder actually of human design, Ra, used to wear really strange um, or, uh, you know, kind of comments on his clothes and he'd wear a baseball cap that would always have something written on it to mm. distract people because people are automatically staring at you. You know, they're energetically staring at you and, mm. and by wearing these, interesting things on his head and on his t-shirts people would look at that and think that that's what they were looking at and they wouldn't be boring into your being seeing all wow. reflections back. so um yeah it's it, it feels can feel I have a two in my profile that's another projection field and a projection field can feel very uncomfortable because you can mm. feel eyes on you but you don't yeah. fully understand what people are wanting from you so it can, yes. be, it can be really really tough and that's um, that that can I think lead to burnout or just yes. you know um yeah that can lead to burnout when you feel like there's a constant draw of like yeah people people wanting something from you, you exactly know? exactly mm. but because you're a projector you know we've been told again that masculine energy of initiating there's actually only one type the manifester who's supposed to initiate the rest of us are, are supposed to work and move through the world in a very different way so your strategy is to wait for an invitation mm -hmm. so because you're so sort of naturally gifted and most projectors have 
really sort of high intellect and they're very kind of smart. And, and because you can see so many patterns and you can see the mechanisms almost of the world in a way that the rest of us can't, um, someone needs to really recognize you to fully see you and then offer you an invitation. Okay. And then when you get offered an invitation, the waiting part can be quite tricky. So while you're waiting for something to come towards you for that sort of magnetism to happen um, it's just about believing in yourself and doing whatever you can to build up that trust muscle in your own gifts mm. doing what you love honing your craft and um, whatever you can do to solidify your self-worth particularly to do with the, these gifts that you have they're just so innate within you mm. um, but people really need to see you and if people don't see you properly they can sort of see you as, um, because you're an energy projector, you have a little bit more energy than most other projectors. They can kind of see you as, oh, she can do that for me rather than. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's yeah. rather than I fully witness you. I see you're amazing. I'm inviting you into this opportunity that you'll be able to fully express those gifts rather yeah. than I can see you can do that. So do that, you know, yes. or, or, oh my God, you're amazing at doing this, but then not, or say, gets given in sense of giving advice to someone you know they say oh you, you have your life sorted you have such amazing you know advice and your writing is beautiful whatever and then they don't invite you to share <laughs> you're just like what <laughs> why but 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 you know what's the point you... exactly yeah. so yeah. that could be really annoying as well but the, but the the theme or the signature sensation of being a projector is is success and again like we spoke about earlier defining what that success is for you and how does yeah. success feel in your body you know it, it's not it's not a mental thing it's not an external thing it's how does it feel in your body um, and then your signpost you know we were talking about these signposts when you're not in alignment that's the yeah. feeling of bitterness oh yeah brilliant Brilliant. So that's your flag. That's your red flag. That's your signpost yeah. going, you've taken a wrong turn. This isn't in um, energetic yes. match. And there's so much about your, your, um, your profile that is to do with community and with this relationship with other people. Like it's mad how much the community and changing community and seeing potential in people and, and wow. equality, like there's, it, that's the common thread that runs so powerfully through your chart, which is incredible. So wow. your authority is how you make decisions. And this is one of the most powerful parts. So your authority is emotional authority. And you have a beautiful emotional wave called the ratchet. Which is... <laughs> Uh, sounds violent. Yeah. Um, so it's the tribal ego circuitry wave. So the, again, this is when we're looking at human design chart, there's so many components to it, but these mm. are sort of the, the starting parts that you can, can start to contemplate and work with. And when it comes to projectors strategy, you know, waiting for an invitation, it's quite a hard one because you can't do anything in the moment. Yeah. You're just yeah. trying to align yourself and that that next opportunity that comes up to feel more into that alignment. But in the moment, you know, I'm a generator, so I can ask myself yes, no questions and I can get in touch with my sacral authority. But for the projector, it's quite difficult because you're, you're, you're just having to wait for life to bring <laughs> you something, essentially. And in the yeah. meantime lots of love for yourself lots of love for your gifts and that's such um, a good lesson though and that's really what i've come to in the last two years is that is exactly yeah. that that i have to um oh, this is fascinating yeah that i have to 
be present, I yeah. suppose, and be kind to myself and know and trust that it's all working out in the spiral way that it does, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And in the meantime, yeah, just building up your your trust and belief in yourself because the more you can do that, and I think you you already have that awareness of your frequency and keeping your frequency a certain way, that that mm. is what's kind of magnetizing. So just sharing, sharing what you're doing, sharing what you love, and then the right people will come and, and give those invitations that will allow you to express those gifts really really fully mm. um so your authority is emotional authority so emotional authority when you're making a decision Ra always said there's no truth in the now so when someone asks you to do something you say can I get back to you tomorrow <laughs> or can I get back to you in a couple of days um and this could be really for the big decisions so say a career opportunity a move yeah. something very something very big you know with smaller day-to-day -day decisions you can feel into it but when you're at an emotional high um someone could offer you a really bad opportunity and you think it's amazing you think it's the best thing that has ever happened to you and you're, you're just like yes amazing and then when you're in a low someone could offer you the greatest opportunity of your life and you'll just you'll bat it away you'll be like no wow. no I want nothing to do with this so it's about coming to a sort of an even keel um and the ratchet wave is the, every emotional wave is slightly different um depending on the circuitry so you're in tribal circuitry so when you're going through um, an emotional wave or your highs or your lows, you, you sort of need to come to that point where there's a bit of stillness. Imagine still waters. That's not a wave crashing and it's not the dip. It's it's the stillness. Um, and once you come to that point, you know, emotional authority will never have 100% clarity. So don't push yourself to have 100% clarity. It's about really feeling it in the body. But because this is a tribal wave um, and it's called the ratchet because it goes up a little bit and then you might feel a little bit low again and then it goes up a little bit and low and go up and up and up and up. And at the very top, it's like a nuclear explosion. And then three <laughs> seconds later, you're like, oh God, I feel great again. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that resonates with you. Yeah, I think you could ask my husband. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's funny is that, you know, this tribal circuitry is that how important touch is. So, you know, you're saying about your husband and, and the way that he could support you is literally just, if he places a hand on your shoulder, mm. a hug, just ask for hugs. If you're feeling up or down in any way, yes. just a hug from, you know, your children, whatever it is, just to get that physical touch because it's that feeling of the tribe, that tribal circuitry of mm. feeling like you're supported and, and you're in the tribe, you're not ostracized. You're, you're in it, you know, for your feelings. My feelings are too much, I'm gonna get kicked out of the tribes that that yeah. kind of energy rather than this this beautiful supportive nurturing energy so ask for that I know and we don't we don't really ask for physical touch very I, often but I yeah. do I, and I, I only <laughs> had this conversation recently with somebody else and 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 we talked about the importance of touch it's so funny that you're bringing it up again and yes I go for to my kids for hugs all the time to the point where they're like mom get off me you know <laughs> I really need a hug I yeah. really and I and I like to and then during this conversation, this person was saying, you know, it's good to offer hugs. And it's such a brilliant thing as well to offer yeah. the hug. Like, do you want a hug? You know, and I've said yeah. it to my husband a million times. I'm like, if I am, like you said, about to explode in a nuclear version of myself, just give me a hug. Yeah. It'll yeah. disarm me straight yeah. away. But he yeah. runs. <laughs> He's got <laughs> the door. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, that's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose it's 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 kind of that awareness about yourself and not having any any guilt or shame or or yeah. like oh I'm being a pain in the ass because I'm an emotional person. It's just yes. like no, that's that's your 
is your authority. This is how you make decisions in the world. This is this mm. is the the wisdom that you check in with anytime mm. you're making a new move. It's it's so powerful, and you're an emotional person, and that's perfect. That's exactly how you were designed. So again, mm. rather than criticizing ourselves for being a certain way, we go, okay, if I embody this and I have this awareness around it, this is how I'm best serving the collective. You Absolutely. Know? And it's um, about trusting in the body as well. Like the emotions are there to, to that's again something that I've come to. Like the emotions are there to inform you of something. And yeah. it's about like tuning into that. Where is it in the body? How does it feel and why does it feel that way? And it's the investigation further into that, you know, yeah. we can resolve, you know. Absolutely. And I think what's really important with human design is getting into the body. Like a lot it's a very complex and anyone who wants to explore their own chart, there's a website called geneticmatrix.com and you can get a free chart there if anyone wants awesome. to check theirs out and go, oh my God, what is this thing? <laughs> but it is so complex and it's quite mind-based, but actually it's all about sort of being passenger consciousness. So, mm. so allowing our journey for this lifetime to be almost like an observer in the backseat of a car, our body is the car. Um, and then we have this thing called the magnetic monopole, which is sort of in our G center in the center of our bodies. That's this, what's magnetizing everything towards us on in our wow. life. Um, and he's, that's the driver. We're not the driver. The mind is not the driver. And the mm. more you can sort of step into that space of, of body wisdom, a body consciousness and sort of stabilizing the body, Mm. um how the journey just unfolds um you know mm. that we don't have to do anything with human design i think that's what's so nice is that it's just like yeah. we don't have to do anything you just, just have let it to be. have awareness yeah, yeah it's purely about having awareness um so your, me- your particular emotional authority is um so interesting because it is your north and south node activations so as your uranus opposition is coming up in a few days this kind of blew my mind um <laughs> Because this is what, what, again, human design is is supporting us in looking at aging as this beautiful thing where we then step more into being um, an outer authority where we can share our our wisdom and our experience with the world. So the way Ra describes the Uranus opposition is up until this point, you've been inhaling. And when you get to the Uranus opposition, you begin the exhale. And it's just (sighs) beautiful because... (laughs) It's not, you know, one can't come without the other. We had to inhale everything we've experienced so far. Mm. We had to go on a particular journey. Every single step has led us to this sort of watershed moment that we can exhale. And we're walking a different path now and we're moving into a space where we are becoming a little bit more of an an outer authority. But this is maturation Mm. in human design is okay. 43 you know um well i'm gonna be 43 this summer so <laughs> <laughs> finally so i'm getting mature yeah you're finally my, my daughter did me a, my birthday card this this uh last march and she was like mom i can't believe you're not a grown-up yet 39 oh, so i was like yeah, a few more years to go um but just to view the second sort of part of our lives in a much more in a much different way like we've yeah. only gotten to the point where we know ourselves now mm. we're only at the point and we've still this beautiful journey to go so because your emotional authority is your south node and what's connecting it to is the north node um is so interesting because it's it's embodying probably a lot more of that connection to your emotions mm. but you're also moving away um from 
the 37, you're moving into the 40. And this is the, the channel of community. Like community comes up just so much in your chart. It's really? wild. Wow. Wow. Um, and your North Node is in Virgo and it's in the 11th house, which is about community and healing. And you're moving from the Pisces energy of South Node. And the, the 37 is all to do with sort of um, friendship and equality and um. Pisces energy can be a little bit escapist. It's very creative. It's very magical. But now you're moving into kind of grounded practicality and boundaries and you're moving into the gate of aloneness. And aloneness is not loneliness. It's aloneness. So it's being part of a tribe and it's doing it's the sort of archetype, the 37 sort of the archetype of the, the, the wife and the, or the, the mother. And then the 40 that you're moving into is more of that sort of father energy, but it's not a masculine energy as such. It's the, I do work that I love. I come home and I rest. I put my feet up. I've expended my energy. I've entered into a, you know, this, this line is all about bargains and I've entered into something. So I've been invited to do this project that I absolutely love. I've put so much energy and all my heart and soul into it. And now I need to rest. So it's mm -hmm. very much about work that you love, but also revisiting your um, views around resting time. And yeah, which I prioritize. Yeah, I prioritize that so much more than I ever did. So much more. It's just, yeah, it's vital. Vital, vital. Yeah. So you, you look, you're already on the path of embodying this this new way. But Virgo is very much sort of Virgo Pisces. Your Virgo North Node, your your Pisces South Node is very much that sort of axis of healing. Um, and I think maybe being having had the spiritual awakening journey now that you're moving on to sort of the practicalities of sort of implementing it in your daily life and Virgo is earth energy it's the earth goddess energy um, and organization is the line which sounds so uninspiring <laughs> um, but you actually have two organization lines in your chart that that's the name of it but it's about creating structures that work for you now like uh -huh. really work for you mm. not anyone else not necessarily the tribe you're still you're still providing for the tribe and yes. you're still seeing what works for the tribe but you need that time alone to come up with those solutions you're not just in it all the time it's about retreating yes um and getting and clarity in, getting that, clarity. in those moments yeah re i retreat that, i yeah. mean that's why i go on retreats retreat. <laughs> go on more retreats amazing you just have to retreat you know <laughs> yeah yeah alone time i and i i'm so happy being alone yeah, so I happy with my own company too. Yeah, I have the gate and I love it. I okay. love being alone. And yeah. I think that was a big struggle. I don't know if you felt that with, with being a parent, being oh, yeah. in someone else's energy all day, every day. I yes, just, yes. It was crazy. My, my two kids, they're amazing, but they're very strong personalities, both of them. And it's just like, sometimes it's just carnage. You yeah. know? You're just like, <laughs> oh my God. And then it comes with that guilt as well of like, oh no, I need lots of alone time. And it's like, well, who do you think you are that you need lots of alone time when your kids are that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I had to prioritize it. I just had to. There was yeah, no two ways about it's it. amazing. So then I mapped out. So what I love about um, human design is it shows us where planetary energies live in our body. So yours is in the emotional solar plexus. Um, for for your for your south node and for your north node, it's your stomach. So this is technically the you know, and I have had actually an, a sort of beginnings of an ulcer in the times that I've been really stressed. Same. And this, this this is this gate. It's the stomach. Um, and it is the classic overworked stressed out 
you know, person with a, with a stomach ulcer because they've just wow. neglected themselves so much. So very much about rest. Um, but when I mapped it out on your astrocartography map, so astrocartography for anyone who doesn't know is where when you were born, you have a birth chart where all the planets were at a particular at the particular time of your birth. Um, and then we can place those placements uh, over the world map. Mm. Um, that are on these particular angles so we have the rising and um, the setting and the two culmination points wow. you don't really need to know that but imagine these beautiful colored ribbons planetary ribbons running around the earth's globe mm. so what I do in my work is to help people connect with say your authority how you make decisions um, is to find crystals that come from the regions of that particular planet so complex that so particular cool, planetary map on the earth and what's wild is that for your north node as you're stepping into this this new phase this exhalation phase mm-hmm. is um your, when your north node lines was down through australia southern australia which is a place called bimbauri which is where chiastolite comes from okay and chiastolite i feel is like the crystal of boundaries <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and really um it's such a spiritual crystal and it's so much about sort of seeking and it was actually used a lot to um ward off curses and other people's energy um <gasps> But it's a real stone for seekers. Like, I don't know, obviously, this is a podcast. You can see it on screen, but I'll hold yeah. it up. You can oh, see it's it has gorgeous. A, it has a natural cross within it. So it's a crystal that I give to people when they're at a sort of a, 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 a new phase. They're stepping into a new phase or they're at a crossroads or they're 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 feeling all this seeking energy and they don't know which yeah. direction to go in next. It's really, really powerful for that. Um, wow. And the Virgo energy in the North Node is such a sort of healing energy. And the placement of where this crystal came from is actually kind of sixth house energy, which again is that Virgo Virgo energy um, of, yeah, that healing earth goddess, very practical, very organized, but, but it's not in a kind of, Debbie Downer sort of organized way it's 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 seeing you know the seasons and seeing the this the magic of the organization that nature provides it's it's, and trying to almost mirror that within your life really becoming reflective of seasons within your own energy and your own life as well and cycles Um, within everything that we exactly and cycles so often with people I I sort of recommend that you can actually try and I'll send you these crystals by the way oh Um, thank you (laughs) You can try placing this on the spot that this is. So this would be your stomach. So try um, if you're trying to connect or if you're finding that you're in an emotional low or an emotional high and you're struggling to feel into what the clarity is, that, that, that whatever mineral I give you for that particular place on your body, you can try meditating with it actually placed on your body. That's so Um, cool. And you're just sort of frequency matching with the planet and with the earth because you know the the conditioning that we're receiving from the planets is how he, the human design system is it works everything i'm speaking about is to do with the planets um, and particularly neutrinos are sort of the quantum physics side of human design which is um you know if you look at the palm of your hand and you kind of visualize a square uh, an inch square mm-hmm. every second three trillion neutrinos are passing through you from wow. from our solar system and 70 percent come from the sun um but if you just i mean whenever i'm kind of stuck in little small day-to-day things i just zoom out and i'm just like oh three trillion neutrinos just passed through um you know let's think of the bigger picture here yeah yeah up on your eagle's perch i like it up on my eagle's perch. so then yeah. another way i work is with the other activations within that emotional solar plexus which which is related to the kidneys um mm that's where your sort of authority is. Um, 
I use the, the gene keys crystal alphabet, which is another index that, that is a sort of sister system to, um, to human design. So for those, Chris, I also have crystals for you for those activations within you. So your whole, your whole wow. um, system is, is covered because your authority is just so important. It is, I, I really feel like one of the most important parts of human design is where mm. do I feel clarity in my body? You know, it's what we all want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, When we are on this embodiment journey, which is so like I always say, the body has just got, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of this incredible information. And yet we're now in a structure where we don't listen to the body and we don't listen to that information that's been giving us given to us all day, every day, you know, so yeah. it's, if we can retune back into that. Absolutely. We're golden. Absolutely. So we have um, your first crystal is pink chalcedony. So this is relating to gate 37, which is your south node. So this is kind of what you're moving away from. Mm. People think the south node is something that you need to completely dismiss, but it's not. Like I said, that was your exit, your inhalation journey. You know, that that's still a part of you. It's still a part to be recognized and balanced. And you'll always be in a sort of state of equilibrium with that. And mm. um, so pink chalcedony is just a beautiful kind of divine love. You kind of feel like the sense of um, you can see the magic in your path so far. You can see the light that you've experienced and you can see the light within you that has come about because of those experiences so it's a, a beautiful kind of soft pink bubblegum almost pink translucent energy um and then your other gate in your solar uh, plexus is the 49 which is such a badass gate i love this one this is the real revolutionary um energy so again this is a, again very community-based it's about seeing the patterns it's about seeing where things aren't equal and it's um creating new systems but it's a very much wow. good old destroy and rebirth energy <laughs> you know that that's the cali like, the cali goddess wrecked. yeah that's exactly. like the cali goddess exactly. so let's, let's take heads everybody let's just take heads i, lo- <laughs> I love her so much i really she's really so do. awesome i remember my husband oh. looking at that picture going but no because i mean she's standing on my eyes and no no no, he doesn't look uncomfortable he's not uncomfortable he's no. placating himself going <laughs> chill baby chill <laughs> I love it. So the the very badass crystal is malachite for 49, which is all about transformation and rebirth. And because this is in your emotional solar plexus, anything that is um, stagnant within that malachite is so good for bringing that up. So so the biology for this particular system is going to be the kidneys, but you can also place it on your you know traditional solar plexus as well. I've kind of worked with both, um, but this is. Such, I think the chiastolite and the malachite together are real initiation crystals. They're helping oh. you move into something very new with a sense of strength and that kind of, yeah, Kali energy, like the, yeah. the, the, the strength binds you because you have been through this journey. And as you move into something new, you have complete awareness of your energy and what you want to create in the world and what you want to bring to the world. Mm-hmm. But it's from a very authentic um, embodied place it's a real like goddess energy um, malachite very very strong and it's the the childbirth crystal you know birthing oh, wow. something new 
Um, and this has been a theme for me recently, I think with the podcast and all the work that I'm doing, it's just like, I feel like there's this massive birthing coming through me at the moment, you know, so it's yeah. fascinating that yeah. you're bringing that up. Amazing. <laughs> so I will send these crystals with, to you um, and you can experiment with them and I'll send you your Thank chart you. uh, and I'll, I'll circle which of the crazy layout I'm talking about because I, it is so complicated. Amazing. Looking. Merle, this has been so fascinating. I mean, we're nearly at two hours chat and I oh could my gosh. Go, I know and I could keep going but we're going to do the live wild pop quiz which is the end of the the end of the interview and i really love this um and it's a bit of fun so um okay i think i know the answer to this anyway um your name is merle yes when i think of the name merle i think of the name merlin for magic so do you believe in magic i do and would you believe (laughs) i went to i went to school with a boy called merlin (laughs) oh my god that's so cool Merlin Merlin how did you not end up together well he was in yeah I was in a very small school so he was in a much younger class but um yeah he would always get shouted at bless him and I would have such like anxiety because the first obviously I didn't know he was getting shouted at so yeah I 100% believe in magic and like you said earlier you know magic is just science that hasn't been discovered yet 100% or that it's a little bit beyond comprehension yeah Yeah. uh, what do you stand for Ooh, um, I stand for freedom. I think that's mm. probably my number one. Beautiful. Um, sovereignty. Beautiful. Love. Mm. Uh, probably more than anything, because it's it's the frequency that brings us all together, and it yeah. it's the frequency that I think helps us express our best selves, really, um, in every in every facet. You know, that sort yeah. of pure pure love that you can't touch it's not a you know it's not a demonstrative thing it's a Mm -hmm. it's an energy it's a a, like a woven beautiful thread that connects us all yeah 100% it's the highest frequency really I I feel like it's nothing can nothing can destroy it um what's your favorite crystal and why (laughs) this is really hard so I adore selenite so much and it also is part of the same way I've mapped out the crystals for your authority um it's it's the same for mine it's um, oh, wow. it can it connects so I've loved it for years but it also connects with the astrocartography um from Morocco with my Mars line so I love selenite I think if anyone is just going to go buy one crystal get get yourself a selenite because it's just magic it's like liquid light it's so high frequency wow. you can use it like a cosmic lint roller you know you can go over your your energy if you've been in a situation that you feel a bit drained by um mm-hmm. and I have had an amazing experience with Maldivite um these past few years so I made myself a Maldivite ring um I'd had Maldivite for a while and Maldivite is actually a tectite so it's um this very high frequency kind of alien crystal basically oh. <laughs> It's super, super expensive now because it went mad on TikTok a few years ago and I can't get it anymore, but I, I made myself a Maldivite ring beforehand. But it's it's that energy of um, it's the Kali energy. It will oh. it will. It's the tower card. It will it will destroy everything that is not in alignment for you and it will just sort of put you on this path. But it's a very like for people who can't feel kind of crystal energy, usually they can feel Maldivite because it's so tingly and wow. so active um, and it doesn't have a crystalline lattice structure within it. It's amorphous. But because of how it was created with this big meteor impact, some of that energy has been essentially frozen within it. Um, <gasps> 
and yeah it's a really, if you can get some it's really really powerful um, that's so interesting yeah okay. it's really really good <laughs> um if you were to distill yourself down to an essence what would the essence be Ooh, an essence I just thought, I thought rose. I don't know why I thought rose. That's Beautiful. very strange. <laughs> Beautiful, but that's your I think first it's, answer. I'm like, ooh, that's a visual that I had. It was like a like a really rich like rose auto oil. I, I've Gorgeous. always loved that, so I don't know why that came into my mouth. But in terms of like a crystal elixir, I, yeah, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Maldivite. I'm. I like. I like changing. I like transforming. I like all that. Um, awesome. Yeah, as well. Maldivite. Okay. Um, what is the wildest thing you've ever done? If, if you want to share it with okay. us. <laughs> I think and looking back, this is actually probably the first time I properly tuned into my human design authority, which was my sacral authority, which is essentially my gut. Um, mm. I moved in with my husband after two weeks Ooh. and I didn't move back to Ireland at the same time. Um, and this was a very long time ago, but it was <laughs> I just had this like everyone else was going, what? What are you doing? And, and yeah. I was like, no. Like I've never been so um, wow sure of something that was on paper so crazy. And, you know, I've been very liberalizing, always been very good and, you know, done, done things um, the way that they were appeared to be. And this was the first time I was like, no, 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 I'm staying. <laughs> that is wild. Two weeks. Um, wow. Yeah, well, no, no, it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. That was, that was when I was 21. So a very long time ago. Wow um but yeah from from the surface and look it led me on it led me on the journey that I've been on my my inhalation journey since then so beautiful um yeah but on the surface it looked crazy and then I think like you were mentioning breath work earlier I think that helps connect me in terms of a modality that I kind of use to connect me with that part of myself Uh um yeah I tend to do like the David Elliott style three-part breath and yeah that just I can just feel so deeply and you can feel into that place of, of release and um, expanded consciousness. Yeah. Crazy. And the breath is something that we have within us all day, every day. You can do it anywhere. And it's just, it's the first thing you do when you're born, last thing you do when you die. And it's, I'm such an advocate for breath work. I think it's absolutely incredible what you can achieve through it. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And even from the first time, you do it you're just like whoa <laughs> you know yeah, it has yeah. such a huge impact so in turn, if anyone's like i need a quick fix of <laughs> expansion and yeah. um and and changing my journey you know breath work will do it for breath sure breath work will do it 100 um what is what's the one thing you do every day that helps you live wild and free seeing as this is the live wild podcast do you know, i have a cacao practice but that is so important to me um and again it's from my venus mc line so i'm again has that intentionality that whenever i'm not feeling in that kind of feminine energy enough i am um, i use i use cacao every day to to take that time and um, to feel into that sort of that venusian energy that 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 feminine energy every day so that's something i do every single day it is Wow. One of the rituals that hell or high water is really important to me. It's important medicine for me. Um, and oh, wow, I, I, I get out in nature as much as I can as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just t- just connecting with myself and my body. And, you know, I use essential oils all the time. So I choose those. Like, mm. These sort of gifts of nature we think aren't accessible to us all the time, but they really are, you know, yeah. You, can, yeah. you can, you can bring that frequency and that energy into 
so many different parts of your day. Um, so yeah, bringing in the frequency of nature, whether that's cacao or whether it's, it's essential oils or, or my beautiful crystals, my, my first loves, yeah. um, <laughs> that's, it's the combination of those, but it's that, it's that intentional connection with something from nature is so wow. important to me, you know, yeah. because it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to feel that way when we're in our little boxes and we're, we're living our lives and the screens yeah. like we are now, you know, yeah, absolutely. Have that, yeah. that conscious connection, conscious connection. Merlo Grady, it has been beautiful chatting with you and we will do it again off air, I imagine, or we might even do it again on air. You never know. Um, thank you so much for all your time and all your energy and all your wisdom. It's been beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been amazing. I can't believe we've been talking for so long. This is I amazing. I, I could know. go for hours. It's just so, so lovely speaking with you. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. 